Welcome back, everybody. Uh, if some of you are just arriving, we're so glad to have you online with us today. Uh, this is Randall Church, and so thanks for checking in with us here today. The sun's out. It's a beautiful day. It's so good to uh, be together. Now, the sun's out. It's a beautiful day, and you're here uh, interacting with us on a screen. So thank you so much uh, for taking the time to do that. It is interesting as we uh, now record these services, it's easy to go back and look at each of the services. And uh, as you, many of you have commented on, uh, I can see the length of my hair getting longer and longer and longer <laughs> as time goes on. Uh, my two counterparts here, uh, Pastor Mario, Pastor Brian, uh, they have barbers who uh, are, are built into their life cycle. And so uh, until I allow my children to take a whack at my head, I think I'll just have the shaggy hair up, up here on the stage. I have some hairspray you can borrow oh. if you wanted. Thanks for sharing that with, with everybody. Uh, you probably have it in your office at, at the ready. We could have worked that out ahead of time. Anyway, so, man, we're glad to have you here with us. Uh, the weeks are starting to roll one into another. Uh, in many ways, as, as we have been uh, doing this, you, you start to lose track of how many weeks uh, we've been doing this. But, but really, I'll tell you, it's an encouraging thing for us to be able to interact with you in this way. Uh, but, but not everybody is in a spot where uh, they're enjoying the weeks running uh, one into the next. Uh, there's many of you as parents who are trying to have uh, two of you at home as the adults working uh, in the home and then taking care of your kids and, and teaching them, and, and that is beginning to wear you out. Uh, many of you, as we asked this, this morning as part of our question about the essential workers, many of you are the essential workers who are working in the hospital system or are caring for people in that way. And as, you, as you're doing that, you're realizing uh, that that is a, a, a task that just wears you down. So some of you, uh, you are looking out at the sunshine because you need that as a way to kind of uh, be re-energized and re-picked up because you have been going through a difficult season. Uh, as we look at that, the idea of the essential worker, there's a lot of times, uh, and, and we know Governor Cuomo has, has posted a few things uh, over the last couple of days, and, and this conversation about who should be the essential worker here in New York State, and how, how are we going to define that? Um, I, I think that there's actually kind of a spiritual question that lies underneath the surface there when it comes to the idea of being an essential personnel uh, in that. Uh, for myself, this week, my wife and I have shared uh, oftentimes here with you as a church, uh, but this week is the birthday of our son Josiah, who was born, May the 20th, uh, 2009. And so I have often shared with you about him passing away at, at almost a year old, but I don't know if I've shared with you about him uh, the day that he was born and all that went into that. And this idea of being essential personnel is something that I know very specifically uh, because on the day of his birth, a child with a very difficult medical condition, a child who uh, was going to be born a C-section, and the doctors of all specialties of all different areas were going to be standing there around the bed, I was deemed as non-essential personnel. I was not able to be in that OR room uh, with my son the day that he was born. And so I was stationed in a hallway, and I watched because of his uh, complex medical situation that there was interns and there was all these people coming to see this child and see his case because it was such a complicated case. And there was doctors uh, uh, there, surgeons there that, that were the very specialists in their field caring for him. Uh, and in doing so, as they cared for him, and all of the interns looked on, and all of those uh, fellows looked on, uh, as they're doing that, I had to be the guy in the background as non-essential personnel. 
Uh, as, as the story unfolded, as the day unfolded, it was an early morning there in May, and as, as uh, he came out of that OR, they brought him to me, sitting there in the hallway, and, and they, they had told me ahead of time, we're, we're going to let you know that as he comes out of the room, as Josiah comes towards you, if we turn and go down this hallway on this side, you'll know that we are in a pretty good, stable situation. If we go this way and down this hallway, uh, things are very dire. And uh, that morning when he came out the hallway and came towards me, uh, he went down the, the hallway that said that things were stable. And so it was a pretty special day uh, in our lives. Uh, but I get this little snapshot of what it looks like to be the non-essential personnel. Many of you are going through this COVID virus. Many of you are just going through your own life's struggles and realizing and feeling like you have somehow become non-essential personnel in the kingdom of God. And I want you to know this morning, I want to share with you that as a, a follower of Christ, that nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, that that is a lie of the devil, that you have been placed on the sidelines and you are of no use uh, to our holy Lord and Savior. The reality is, is that each one of you is an essential personnel. But we do want to ask you the question, how can we be used of God? So first of all, ask you this question. How do we become God's essential Personnel. First of all, to answer that question very quickly is to say when you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you become part of the family of God. You are essential to God. You have been adopted into the family of God. Jesus Christ has made that happen by what he did on the cross. When we say how can we be used of God, I think that there's some things we can learn from here today. So let's start with this. We're in Acts chapter 3. We're in a sermon series uh, that deals with table talk because we want to have some conversations around the table and we're inviting you into that conversation. But the book of Acts is so timely for us because you'll find as we open up this book of Acts that the church is having to do things different than they ever imagined before. It didn't match up with the temple practices of the day. They're going to be doing something new and something different. In many ways, we're wrestling through some of those very same things. So let's take a look. Acts chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. And when we get there, you can use the version Bible, whatever you need. I'll be in the New International Version. We'll also post these things for you online. I want to ask you this question or state it this way. In order for God to use us, we must be willing to slow down. In order for God to use us, we must be willing to slow down. Let's read together Acts chapter 3 in this sermon series, beginning in verse 1. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate, which they called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. In order for God to use us, we must be willing to slow down. Now... As we open up our scriptures together today, as we, as we look at this sermon series on Table Talk, we want to be able to interact with each of the pastors and give you an opportunity to see what God is teaching through, through each of our perspectives on this. So Pastor Mario, would you open our discussion this morning and just talk about what does it mean to be willing to slow down and what's going on here with Peter and John? Well, as we look at the scriptures this morning, we'll notice a couple things about Peter and uh, John that... Um, you know, as we read through the text, we may just glance over it. We're reading a story. But I want you to see right off the bat, notice what uh, Peter and John are doing. They are continuing to serve the Lord where, right where they are at. 
they're not um, they're not doing anything spectacular. They're just they're just serving the Lord in the course of their normal day, and um, slowing down for me really means allowing it would allowing us to see and to discern God's will. And as we look at Peter and John here, that's exactly what they're doing. They're continuing to go to the temple. They're continuing to be a part of the prayer. They're continuing to be part of the fellowship that's happening there. They're continuing to, um, I'm sure, to speak the truth of the Lord's word because we see that's what happened in chapter, chapter 2. And, uh, and so just kind of the practicality of that, right? What does it mean to slow down? Are we willing to slow down our life? Now, we're in, in the situation we're at right now, a lot of us have slowed down. Now, Mario, you're a guy who seems to understand <laughs> slowing down. Like, yeah. as we looked at this passage, I thought of you, Mario. When it yeah. came up, I said, oh, this is a guy who understands what it means to chill. California, slow yeah, yeah. it down. It, yeah, it's slow true. It down. It's true. I gave yeah. it, I, you, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. That's good. Thank <laughs> you. But yeah, you know, um, this the idea right now. Every, a lot of us have, have been forced to slow down. Yeah. But I don't know about you guys, but it, it, things haven't slowed down here in no. the church. <laughs> we're, we're continuing to serve. We're continuing to minister. I pray we're able to minister to you as a, as a church body. I know that uh, several weeks ago, uh, Denise and I made, made trips around to see the youth. Uh, we've stopped at people's houses for birthdays and just different things like that in our congregation. So I really like the practicality of what this passage is, is showing us, is that um, if, if we want to be used of God, we have to be willing to slow down, to really just stop, and really just slow down and, and allow, allow God to speak into our hearts, be able to discern what God's will is for our life. And, um, you know... One of the things throughout the years in my life that I've been blessed by is um, the teaching of Henry Blackaby. And Henry Blackaby uh, has wrote a book many years ago called Experiencing God. I got a copy of it here um, that I actually bought to give away to somebody. I've read through this book a couple times, and um, this is my extra copy that I have lying around the office here. Um, but Blackaby talks about knowing and doing the will of God. And he really talks about um, looking and seeing what God is doing and then joining God in what he's doing. And that's what we see Peter and John doing here. They're in the temple. If you want to, if you want to know what God's doing, go to where God is, 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 mm. is, is, is where people, where the temple in the church, right? There you go. You know, and so um, Blackaby says that there's several ways you can know what God's will is. And one of them we see happening here is prayer. These men went to the temple to pray. Fellowship. Uh, God will speak to you in your circumstances. He'll speak to you through his word. And the Holy Spirit will, will speak to you. And uh, can I just say, as a congregation, when we're serving here on a Sunday morning, when I look at my Facebook feed, and I see that even like right now at the time of this broadcast, there's 89 people watching us live, that's a blessing to know that some of you are willing to slow down your life on a Sunday morning and to be able to worship the Lord and to be able to slow down and say, I'm going to commit this time to Jesus and to serving and to, to being together with my church family as we come together in church. So being willing to slow down is very important. If you want to know what God's will is, take the time, slow down, be in fellowship, be in prayer, follow after the Lord in everything you say and do. That's good, Pastor Mario. Even, even the pace of your voice is just calming. There's a calming <laughs> nature to it uh, that, that you're slowing down. And as, as we look at some of these comments uh, about, I, I think there are people even just slowing down right now uh, in reaction to some of this. Uh, uh, Sean is saying, my relationship with God and my prayer life has been blessed uh, as, as he slows down and understanding those things. Um, so, so as we uh, continue forward, as we interact with these things, as we uh, realize exactly what it means uh, for God to use us, we're, that we're going to need to slow down. This passage here has this man, this lame man, he's been returning each and every day there to 
uh, the, the temple courts. Uh, there's evidence that he may have even been there when Jesus came through the temple courts and was healing people. And so why hadn't Jesus healed him? Well, because he was going to use this moment for Peter and John to be able to walk through and, and do something to give God the greatest glory. In order for God to use us, we must be willing to slow down. Secondly, in order for God to use us, we must be willing to stop. In order for God to use us, we must be willing to slow down. In order for God to use us, we must be willing to stop. Let's continue on here. Acts chapter 3, beginning in verse 4. So Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. <laughs> so the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. In order for God to use us, we must be willing to stop. Pastor Brian, what is happening in this passage? Give us a little of the background. Let us know uh, why it's so important that they came to a stop, what mm -hmm. Peter is doing here. Yeah, so as uh, Pastor uh, Mario was talking about, they come to the temple to pray. So this is the setting of what's going on. But it gives us a detail that we, we can't miss is that they, came, they showed up at 3 o'clock. Mm -hmm. And what that alerts us to is the fact that they're not just coming to pray in general. They're actually showing up to a worship service because kind of the daily rhythm in the temple in those days was that they had worship services twice a day, one at nine, one at three. The, for us, we plan once a week, and that seems like a daunting task. Can you imagine twice a day? Um, and I, as I pass, uh, as I pass uh, uh, a big Catholic church uh, in our area, they have mass every single day, and then on the weekends, you know, three, four, five times on a weekend. So. I can't imagine. This is very similar back in those days. So they're going to the temple to a worship service. And this man is threatening their religious activity, mm. right? So they're going, they're, they're showing up to the worship service, and this man being there and asking for them uh, is going to prevent them maybe from showing up late, missing their pew, the pew that they usually get. Now, I know there's no pews in the temple, but you, you understand, sort of, they're going to miss their spot, uh, or may, they might show up and miss the first song of worship. I know Mario, he knows all about that, people walking in a little late, uh, fellowshipping in the back there, and uh, showing up a little late uh, to the first song, right? This definitely is what's going on. They are heading into the worship service, and this man is there uh, and asking for something. It threatens their worship, but they stop even though they're planning to go in to worship God because they know the concept that to love God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might is the equivalent of loving uh, your neighbor as yourself. Jesus actually tells a parable about this. Uh, Luke uh, actually records that. He's the author of here in Acts and then the first part in the Gospels. He tells a story about a parable called the Good Samaritan. And in this parable, it's the same principle that uh, we should be willing to stop even our religious activities in order to help our neighbor. If you remember the story, the man gets beaten. There's this man, he gets robbed, he gets beaten, and he's left, the, the scripture says, half dead. And who comes along but two religious people, a Levite and a priest? And I have always thought in that story that they walk away from the man because they just have a cold heart. They just mm -hmm. don't want to help. But someone pointed this out to me long ago, is that Actually, they're not helping him because they can't touch him for purity reasons. They're priests and they're Levites. They have this whole purity code in the Old Testament that forbids them from touching him. And so they choose religious activity 
over helping their neighbor. Mm. And then Jesus, is the, in the very next passage, is the one that then begins to teach that loving God with all your heart and your soul and your mind, the, the thing that's just like it is to love your neighbor as yourself. And so we see this here in, in Acts 3 as well. They're heading into worship. They're going up the steps. They're probably maybe a little late. Who knows? They're, they're heading in. You assume that they're late? I, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I just assume everyone's late to a worship service at this point. They're heading in. And this man is threatening their religious activity. Hmm. But they stop. They, they, uh, one person once called it, uh, a mentor of mine called a holy interruption. That sometimes God interrupts our daily life. And sometimes God will ask us to even interrupt our religious activity to meet the need of our neighbor. Hmm. And Jesus says, and these guys say once again, that loving your neighbor is the equivalent of loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Mm. And the man is looking for something, right? That's what the passage says. He's looking for money. He's looking for a tangible thing. Yep. And I don't think that this passage we saw last week, and we're going to see in the, they give him a spiritual blessing, but that doesn't negate the physical blessing he also needs. But they say, we don't have any money, but what we do have uh, is something better. Uh, we want to give you a spiritual gift that then physically uh, comes forth in a, in a tangible way that he can then a walk. You can then probably make a living at that point. He can be on his own. Uh, but I think the point here is, again, that they're going to worship, yep. and God asks them to stop. God says, hey, there's religious activity that you need to do, that I'm asking you to do, that brings you close in the experiencing of God, as you talked about, uh, Mario, but not at the neglect of helping our neighbor, because both of these aren't competing. They're complementary. They're complementing one another in that way. So, uh, God sometimes asks us to stop even our religious activity in order to help meet, meet the needs of others. So, Brian, I'm going to, a little bit of tongue-in-cheek, uh, a pushback on them being late to the worship service, right? <laughs> because I think the man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. So he was coming there, and wouldn't you think, as a guy who's coming there to beg, this is his source of income, that he would be there early in order to be ready for when the wave comes. So sure, I yeah. think they were good churchgoers. They were good <laughs> temple, go. temple mm. goers who were mm. there coming early, and yet they still got interrupted, and they still came to a stop. And potentially, uh, they're there uh, before everything else happens, right? Uh, and I know that it's a bit tongue-in-cheek. Right, I'm not yeah. sure how we know it. But I do want to kind of point out that this man was being brought there. This was part of his normal routine, mm -hmm. that he was going to be there at the temple. Uh, he was going to be begging for alms. He was going to, it was part of their culture that he was going to be there 100%. These were, he was a man that these guys would have seen regularly, and he was a man who expected to receive compensation there at the church, if that's uh, the best way to state that, and had no idea what the, the Apostle Peter was about sure. to do uh, when he came to a stop to be able to uh, interact with that. Uh, John Wolfe said here on our thread, he said, sometimes we get so busy doing the church that we forget to be the church. And I think that was a great point that you made just a moment ago, uh, Brian, along those lines, those holy interruptions. So if we are going to have God use us, we must be willing to slow down, as Pastor Mario shared with us, as Pastor Brian just shared. In order for God to use us, we must be willing to stop. Let me share this point with you. If we are going to be used of God, we must be willing to offer. Be willing to offer. Let's continue reading at verse 6. 
Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I offer to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. In order for God to use us, we must be willing to offer. We must be willing to offer. What do I mean by that here? So as, as we set the scene, as, as, as these men are coming up, I'll say early to church, but we're not sure. <laughs> so they're coming uh, into the temple, and as they are arriving there at the temple, they come to a stop for this holy interactive moment that God has set up for them to have. And they come to a stop, and what does the first thing that Peter does is he realizes and embraces his own inability to do anything for this lame man. His, his bankruptcy, if you will. He is unable to do anything in his own strength and his own power. And he puts that out there right away. He states the obvious. I can do nothing here. But then he says, but what I have been given, I am going to and I'm willing to share and give to you. And then when he says it to him, he says, silver and gold I don't have, I want to give it to you in the name of Jesus Christ. This is what he's been given. The name of Jesus Christ has done tremendous things in his life, of Nazareth, very specifically, to make sure that we know we're talking about the same man, who he has already in chapter 1 and 2 defined as the Messiah, the one that they've been waiting for. In the name of Jesus Christ, he says, rise up and walk. And in this, he takes him by the right hand as his strength uh, is coming into his feet. He senses that something spectacular is happening in this man. He takes him by the hand and he helps him to stand up. Peter realizes the moment, the bankruptcy that he has in and of himself. He also uses this statement very clearly. Very, he articulates well to him. He looks right at him and he says, look at me. How many times have you made that statement as a parent, when your kid is, is, is running amok, you say, hey, hey, Junior, look at me. Pay attention. Something important is about to happen. I think it's also important in Peter's life. How many times had Peter been told by Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Peter, look at me. Do you remember when he was, uh, when he was called into ministry? When, when the, 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 all of the, the fish had been caught there, and he, he brings them to him, and Jesus uh, calls him, and he says, hey, look, at, he's on the shore, and he says, hey, look, why don't you throw it on the other side? And he says, this is crazy, and he says, look at me. When, when, when Peter had the opportunity, he's in the boat, he's out in the middle of the sea being tossed back and forth, he looks out on the water, and what is it? It's Jesus, he's walking across the sea, and he says, can I come out there? And Jesus says to him, he, said, he gives him this gift. He says, come out on the water if you want. And in that moment, will you remember how, how is it that Peter walks on the water and begins to sink? And what the author tells us is that he did what? He took his eyes off of Jesus. After he denies Christ, the apostle Peter is then has this, uh, this moment that is reinstatement of Peter. And Jesus, when he's hanging his head, tells him, hey, hey, look here, look at me, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. So this is what has happened to me, the Apostle Peter is saying here. This is what, what has happened to me. Jesus Christ of Nazareth has given me this gift of himself, and I am going to give it to you. I offer it to you, Mr. Lame Man, Mr. Beggar. This is what I have to offer you. I'm bankrupt in and of myself. Look at me. This is what I have, and I give it to you as a free gift. 
And in that, that is all that he can do. It's a reminder to us, friends, that, that we are told to be a witness. We are told to be a testimony. We are told to share our faith with others. It ought to always start with something like this. Look at me. Let me share with you what has happened to me. That is what being a witness and a testimony and a grace story is all about. Here's what God has done for me. Let me share it with you. Let me offer it to you. I even hesitate to use the word give because he, he offers it to him. And it's now up to the lame man to take his hand and walk. In order for God to use us, we must be willing to slow down. We must be willing to stop. And we must be willing to offer. In order for God to use us, we must be willing to slow down. We must be willing to come to a stop. We must be willing to offer freely what has been given to us. And here's the last one we want you to hear this morning. You must be willing to celebrate. You must be willing to celebrate. Beginning in verse 8, check out what this verse says. He, the man, the lame man, he jumped to his feet. Peter reaches out his hand, he pulls him, he jumps to his feet, and he begins to walk. And then he went with them. Where? He went into the temple courts, walking, jumping, leaping, praising God. And when all the people saw him doing that, walking and leaping and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit there begging at the temple. They knew who this man was. That temple gate called Beautiful. They know the, the spot that he sits in. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. This man's life was transformed. This man's life was changed. And he immediately walked and leaped and celebrated the greatness and the glory of God. And you know that Peter and John were dancing with him there as well. If you are going to be used by God, you must be willing to celebrate what God has done. So guys, let's the three of us, let's talk here. Like this, this, ultimately, this point is the response to the other three mm -hmm. points. Uh, um, so so as, as he's walking and celebrating and leaping, what's going on here? Uh, why is this such a, a critical moment uh, for us to catch in this text because Peter's going to speak some more we're going to get the rest of that next week but I just want to kind of hone in on this moment here take the snapshot take it all in and just see if it has something that we can learn from here this morning mm -hmm. yeah well, I think it's important that we recognize when God moves mm -hmm. when when the appointed time comes when when he asks us to do something right when we slow down when we stop and then God moves in our midst we have to recognize that and celebrate that. that the, those celebrations are, A, what moves us forward, that keeps us going, but it also then is able to then bring the glory back to God for what he's done, right? Because I think these guys could have taken credit for this. They could have been like, look at me, aren't I such a spiritual guy? But no, we turn mm. that focus back on uh, glorifying God. That's, a, that's what the celebration is all about, being able to say, uh, not a glorification of myself, but we're going to celebrate this because of what God has done and make sure that that focus uh, remains, on, remains on the one whose power uh, actually accomplished it. Yeah. yeah. I love the connection here. Uh, I like how um, Luke is saying here, as he walks into the temple court, walking and jumping and praising God. Mm -hmm. Again, there's this connection that it's all about what's happening in God's presence. Mm. You know, and in my, I think about the other passage of scripture. I think of David dancing before the Lord as the ark is brought into Jerusalem. Right, and that was scandalous, right? Yeah, right, this, yeah, exactly. This, right. this 
this yeah. king who was regal and was supposed to be this right. great leader, he was mm -hmm. acting like a fool. Yeah. Right? His, his, his wife kind of like scolds him yes. and he's yeah, like, you no, I'm going to yeah. worship God. I'm going to praise God yeah. for what he's doing, you know. Uh, so that, that comes to mind. And the other thing that comes to mind is, is, um, is the, 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 one of the first miracles that is recorded in the book of Mark by Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it's very similar. He heals the, the man that is lame. Mm -hmm. His friends drop him into the, the building. Yep. And it's kind of the same story here. And in that story, the, the, the Pharisees and everybody are like, oh, who are you to forgive sins? Right. And Jesus is like, well, not only can I forgive sins, but I can heal this man and, and, he's, yeah. you know, and he's healed. And so it just draws that attention that, man, the people were just amazed at what God is yeah. doing. Yeah. You know? and, it's, and as the book of Acts kicks in, right? Because this, this is actually the first miracle then is, that is recorded by the, the, by the apostles mm -hmm. in the book of Acts. Yep. Nope. So it's just setting us up for what, what's about to happen throughout the book as God's power happens and we rejoice in, in, in the power that God yeah. has. And I, I love how uh, you had mentioned before about slowing down is recognizing where God is already at work and then realizing that he invites us to join into yeah. that. He invites us to be part of that. I remember I was uh, in seventh grade, we had this big soccer game coming up and uh, I wasn't very good. I was on the bench, um, but uh, we were playing out... <laughs> Admittedly, so you weren't playing the soccer game. Oh, and that's, yeah. and that's yeah, sort right. of the point. So the idea, so we played this big game and we, we played really well. We were up three nothing in the second half. And so the last basically 10 minutes was we get to clear the bench now and everyone who didn't get to play got to go in so that we all could be part of the win even though, uh, even though the victory had already been won sort mm -hmm. of at that mm -hmm. point. But yeah. we got to be in the game. But I remember uh, I was the only one that didn't get in the game. Oh. For whatever reason, I was at the end of the bench and the coat, you know, at the, and it was like we were in middle school and this was like the one game a year we got to play under the lights, oh, you know, man. so it was like the, and I got left and I remember the whistle blew the end of the game, everyone started to celebrate and I just didn't feel like I could, I didn't feel like I was, I was able to be part of it because oh. I wasn't part of the game. Hmm. And I think that's part of what celebration is all about is recognizing that God the victory is already won, right? Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the score is not in doubt at all. Mm. But we get to be part of the game. And then when that final whistle blows, then we get to celebrate what, what is going on. So I think of celebration, too, is this ability that God invited. Because, Milo, you said it itself. Jesus probably walked by this guy. He, he, I think he could have healed him. Absolutely. Right? And, and as he he's did walking it. there, he, he comes through the gate. I think that if Jesus wanted to... And he, he, he was healing people right and left all around. All right. they do is touch his garment. I believe that he could have healed this man mm -hmm. and taken care of it. But you're right. He wanted to allow Peter and John to get in the game. And isn't it interesting? So in this story, uh, they mentioned twice that they were at the gate of beautiful. Mm -hmm. Right? And I've said this before. When they're in a story, if they give random details, and particularly if they repeat it twice... That is a big indication that this is a major part of that. Mm. Now, they don't know where the beautiful gate is. They debate about which gate it really is. But the word beautiful in the Greek, uh, beautiful is really more of sort of the figure of speech definition. The literal version of the word means an appointed time. That's where we get it. And then out of that flourishing and then beautiful came out of that. But the real literal uh, term is at the appointed time. So what a great story where when we stop, when we slow down, God has appointed times for us to be part of his story, and then we get to celebrate, even though the victory had been won, yeah. we get yeah. to celebrate that. And so it's interesting that he gets laid right at the, the, the appointed time gate for just a time as this. Pastor Mario, your wife, in, in all caps on our Facebook feed here, <laughs> says, yes, we need to testify, you know, <laughs> yeah, that, you that uh, yeah. so can Will you brag on your wife for a moment, just because <laughs> since we're at this moment, she is a woman who knows how to testify the greatness. Yeah. Hmm. She knows how to celebrate. Yeah. And I've 
just brag on it for a moment. Well, like, I mean, I think because what it is, is and I won't tell her story, but uh, <laughs> email her and ask her her story, if you know my wife, because mm. um, she has a story of redemption that, um, that is not uncommon, but, you know, that, that, that God delivered her from many things in yeah. her life, and she shared that with our teens, she shared that with some of us, some of the people in our, in our congregation. But when you, right, Jesus said, if you have been forgiven much, you will what? Love much. Yeah. 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 And it's so true, and that, that, that's what we see happening here, yeah. right? This guy... Right, like saying, people knew who he was. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, he, as soon as you walk into the he temple. He just didn't show up at the gate one day. He right. was there. Right. He's been there right? for a while. And let's, <laughs> let's, let's go dig a little deeper here, right? I, uh -oh. what, I don't remember the passage off the top of my head where they asked Jesus, who sinned, this man or his oh, yeah. parents? Blind Bartimaeus. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right? So the thought now through all these people that have seen this man is, oh, he's, there's some sin in his life. Mm. And so when it says here in this passage, all the people saw him walking and praising God. Right. Yeah. It really put it like, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. Let me show you what God can do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And so if you have a testimony to share, praise the Lord, share it. Yeah. And yeah. live it out. And because it's God doing yeah. the work. And you said that and in that story, right, they asked who sin is at, and Jesus said he said, it's for this appointed yes. time. There you go. Right now, mm -hmm. that's why he is he is he was right. uh, he had that so that God's power could be shown right, right now at mm -hmm. that appointed yeah. right at that appointed time. That's yeah. good. Uh, so one other question that's going to come up with this part of the passage as you're looking at this is, should we all perform miracles today? <laughs> right? Like 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 what's keeping us from well, that? Yeah. And right. I think so. The how, point how that I want to make. Go I don't want to go too deep, but the point that I want to make here. <laughs> Uh, just to be a reminder of context to understand where you're at. The Apostle Peter is coming at this as a man. So he offers what has been offered to him, right? That Jesus Christ in multiple ways and the other apostles as well, but specifically with Peter, he did some real specific blessings and real specific miracles with Peter. And I believe that that's why you see the early apostles have particularly unique experiences with the miracles of God that they are able to share there. And so if there's more to say about that, which Mario, you're chomping at the bit a little bit, we're going to move forward. But I want to be able to just kind of make that point that we may not experience these type of miracles today in the same way exactly because this was something very specific that had happened to Peter. So we must be willing to slow down. So let's go back to the big question. How do we come, become God's essential personnel? Well, in order for God to use us, we must be willing to slow down. I have to talk quietly because that's what Mario <laughs> did. Got to slow down, be willing to stop, halt, see what God is doing. Join him in that. Be willing to offer what has been offered to you. We want to give what has been given to you. And then lastly, be willing to celebrate. So I pray this morning that God's word is speaking to you very clearly. As you're listening to this, will you place yourself in the story here for a moment? Will you place yourself in the story? When I say that, I, I want to know, if, if, as you're here reading this passage, do you, do you put yourself in the story? Do you see yourself standing shoulder to shoulder with Peter and John, where you have experienced the greatness of Jesus Christ, and you are a person who needs to realize that you need to slow down, you need to stop, because God is doing something spectacular. And maybe this COVID virus is a way that is making you uh, slow down, making you stop. Perhaps you're reading this story, reading this passage from Acts uh, chapter 3 here, and you see, you identify with the lame man. 
a guy who has been through a very difficult season of life, a guy who has been uh, there at the door of the church and has never been able to go in uh, for whatever reason uh, that, that it is for you. But, but in this moment that there is this capturing of the lame man, of, of the glory of God is, is, is on him because he has grabbed a hold of this Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Nazareth. If that's you today, I want to encourage you. Would you just grab a hold of what's being offered to you today? We want to offer to you today a holy Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We want to offer him to you today because he has changed my life. He has changed Pastor Mario's life. He has changed Pastor Brian's life. And we offer that to you today. We'd love to open that discussion. Would you grab a hold of that? And wouldn't you be the one who would be dancing in celebration for what God is doing in your life? And then thirdly, maybe you're in the crowd. Maybe you're someone who's there uh, in the church, uh, in, in the religiosity of the day. And as, as uh, John, as he was talking on the Facebook uh, uh, stream here to be able to say, maybe you got too busy just doing church and you missed out on what it is to be the church. If you're in the crowd this morning and you're, you're really needing to celebrate what God is doing around us, open your eyes, friends. Celebrate what God is doing. Every time that someone gives their life to Christ, we ought to be people who celebrate like no other. That's what the church ought to be known for. So if you have a way to respond this morning, would you pray with me this morning? I know that uh, you're looking at a computer screen, but I'd like to pray for you here. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your word, the way that it is alive and active and speaks to us today in the middle of so many other things going on. Lord, there are some who are like Peter and John, Lord, and they need to stop, Lord, and, and just realize that you are doing something spectacular and you want to utilize them and offer what has been given to them, Lord, they need to offer to someone else. Secondly, Lord, there's, there's got to be someone. We have a lot of guests uh, who are checking in, looking at our church online, if there is someone this morning, Lord, who would, who would put themselves in the category of the lame man, who has just been offered Jesus, uh, just been offered the beauty of the cross for the very first time, or the first time that they were listening, Lord, would they take a hold of that hand and stand up when Peter's offering it to him? Virtually here, we're saying the same thing. We're offering you to them, Lord. Would they take a hold and at least follow up with some type of discussion that we can, that we can share more with? And lastly, Lord, if there's people who are listening and they've just been in the crowd for too long, Lord, they, they feel like they're non-essential personnel, unimportant. Lord, you died for every single person on this planet. Lord, every single person is essential to you. Lord, let us live our lives as if that were true. Lord, if we grab a hold of this text, if it changes us today, Lord, let us be people of celebration and tell everybody about it. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for reading along with us this morning. Thanks for opening your Bibles with us this morning. There's more to come this week, a lot going on. Pastor Mario, would you talk us through some of the things going on for us here? Yeah, let's talk about how we can get plugged in this week. I know many of you join us on a weekly basis in our different virtual feeds. So up on the, on the screen now, you should see what's going to be happening. Uh, this evening at 6 p.m. is our high school group. We meet via Zoom, and that email will be sent out this afternoon for parents so they can uh, make sure your students log in. On Monday night, Pastor Milo and his wife Erin host the virtual group on Facebook Live. Uh, that's on the Randall Church uh, Facebook page, so you can plug into that at 8.30. Tuesday at 2 is our Randall Youth live stream. Uh, this, this week we are looking for students to send us a short video of themselves doing something so we can add it to our Randall Youth talent show. Mm. So parents, if you're listening and your <laughs> students haven't wow. sent us a video, uh, if you didn't know about that, first of all, um, that's what we're doing this week. 
Uh, send us a video of yourself playing a video game, playing the piano, hula hooping, yo-yo, whatever it is your talent, students, send it to us. We want to wait, wait post wait, that. Wait, before we continue on, did yeah. you say playing a video game? This is a, a talent for the talent show, yeah, is playing hey, a video game? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay, left, left, right, right, yeah, there up, you down, go. left. Well, Milo, Milo... Welcome um, to 2020, Milo. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of video games that, that make you create things. Mm, and so some of mm. our students have created things okay. on video games. Okay. You'll see that on Tuesday when, they, when we broadcast it. So parents, send us, have your kids send us those uh, to, the, uh, to uh, mario at randallchurch.org. You can mm. send that. All right, and then on uh, Tuesday evening is our middle school virtual group at 6.30. That's via Zoom. Again, we will uh, make sure that we send that link out to you Tuesday afternoon so you can join us. Wednesday night, Pastor Brian and his wife Molly host the virtual group on the Facebook Live. So we uh, would love to see you there. Thursday night, our partner groups um, are meeting uh, via Zoom and uh, different mediums, different modes. So you want to get plugged in with that. And then on uh, Saturday night, our Randall Kids will slideshow happen. So parents, you should be getting that email. If you're not, please uh, let us know uh, if you're not getting that so we can send that to you. And once again, we'll meet next week, Sunday at 10.15 for our virtual worship gathering via Facebook Live. Thanks for joining us. Um, and all of these things. It means a lot to be able to connect with people, even if we're just uh, high-fiving each other virtually and all that kind of stuff. Here Facebook. Actually, it's, it's good to point that out because there's a lot of high-fiving going on. This yeah, there is. There is yeah. So people are really getting excited about these two little buttons that are on yeah, the side. At the end, there's like this explosion yeah. of hearts yeah. and lights. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's pretty neat. So, uh, <laughs> so, But there's also many of you who are responding. You can use Facebook as a way to do this. There's a button at the top of Facebook that says... Uh, use app, but others of you are, are doing it through our website as well at give.randallchurch.org. So either one of those ways. On Facebook, it's that use app button. Uh, but I just love to report to you, friends, that our church has been generous during this time. Uh, you are continuing to give financially. You are supporting uh, what God is doing here. So thank you so much for doing that. Give.randallchurch.org or there at the top. Uh, as many of you are getting uh, connected in that way. And then because uh, you're, you're giving, because you're uh, utilizing uh, this medium as a way to be able to connect with our church, then uh, there's some neat things that we've been doing. Uh, Pastor Brian, would you share some of that with us? Yeah, we have been, uh, you have been generous both in giving and giving to our community. And so uh, we talk about these presence projects, things that we can do to tangibly uh, show the world God's love. Again, the idea that uh, to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind is to love your neighbor as yourself. And so we're, we're going to continue on this good neighbor project uh, through these uh, yard signs that we've put in most of your, uh, most of your yards. Uh, last week we asked you to flip those around so that your, neighbor, uh, your neighbors could see that, as they could know that we here at Randall are wanting to provide in tangible ways, ways that we can really help through our care fund, uh, through our food pantry, through a mask making, uh, prayer, uh, different things that we can do to help, uh, to help meet needs for our neighbors and be good neighbors and to love our neighbors as ourselves so that we uh, are worshiping God as well. So we've got actually more signs. We ordered more signs because some people were chomping at the bit not only to put more uh, in neighbors' yards, but perhaps you live next to a really busy road. And that would be a perfect, uh, maybe a couple you could put on a busy road. Maybe you live near a park or a, a public hub uh, mm. and you wanted to put that in. We're going to leave a bunch of these signs at our food pantry, which is the eggs, the entrance, the glass entrance, the children's, uh, kid, uh, Randall kids entrance. Uh, we're going to leave a bunch of those signs there. You are free to come at any time and pick up more signs 
to let the neighborhood know uh, that we want to be good neighbors here. We want to love our neighbors as ourselves. And so if you've got a place or you've got a person that you particularly think could really use this type of encouragement, we've got more signs. So you could keep one in your lawn, and then you could come uh, here to the church at any time. It's 24 hours uh, that atrium will be open grab a couple more signs and stick them in a, a neighbor's yard, in a co-worker's yard. Maybe there's a public place that would be great to do that. Uh, we want to continue to let people know uh, what, we can, uh, what we can offer here at Randall Church. Tell us the story. There was, there was a sign that was placed and then uh, there's like an immediate response that yeah. happened this week. So we're starting to hear stories of things that are happening. We are seeing our food pantry used all the time now. Our care fund is way up. We, we can really start to meet some needs. But one cool story is that uh, we stuck one in Betty Corbett's uh, apartment complex. Betty uh, Corbett turned 90 this week. And she yeah, turned, yeah. happy birthday. Happy birthday, birthday. Happy yeah. birthday Betty. So one. we stuck a sign in her uh, apartment complex and the administrative assistant there saw the sign and thought all of the residents could, uh, could benefit from knowing this information. So she went to our website, which is on this sign. You can see it there, www.goodneighbors.randallchurch.org. It lists all the different services that we can provide right now. And she kind of uh, put it on a Microsoft Word uh, sheet, and she printed it out, and she walked to every resident in the apartment complex and personally handed it out to every single resident there to say, here's a church uh, that wants to be a good neighbor, and so if you have any needs, uh, you go there, and here's everything that they can do. So just the way that yeah. this is spreading, uh, and we're hearing this from other people, people seeing the signs, asking. We've gotten some emails to come in. Right. Uh, the word is getting out, and so we have got more signs now, and the more we can let our, uh, our community know that we want to be good neighbors, the better. So cool stuff happening. Yeah. yeah, that's really neat. Yeah, particularly the traffic that we're seeing coming back and forth from the food pantry, of people dropping stuff off, of people picking stuff up. Uh, there's no question that that has picked up since having uh, these signs throughout the area to be able to demonstrate uh, some of that. So we wanted to share that with you. Also want to share with you, uh, today is our annual meeting. Uh, some of you are waiting with a bated breath of how <laughs> is that going to happen. So our Randall, Randall annual meeting uh, happens annually, uh, but today it's going to be happening via Zoom. So this is uh, a unique and interesting time for us uh, to be able to do this. So a few ground rules for you today if you're going to be joining with us. First of all, please join us. Uh, we want to be able to make sure uh, that you're all here. Um, so... What you'll do is you will have one device, if you will, per voting uh, member who is in your home. So if you are a member of our church uh, who is going to be voting on this year's budget, is going to be paying attention, we need you to have a device, whether that's a phone, a tablet, a computer, as a way to be able to vote when we come to that point in the service, uh, in, in the uh, business meeting. Uh, we've got things organized in a way, so you'll be able to do that. We'll talk you through those things. Uh, again, what will happen today is at noon, uh, so a little bit after this broadcast, you will receive an email from us at noon today, which will have the link to the Zoom call as well as uh, a link to the PDF uh, that gives all of our uh, background information, uh, an article, uh, some of the, the numbers that you can look at ahead of time. If you want to get on there and look at that sooner than that, that's uh, annualmeeting.randallchurch.org, annualmeeting.randallchurch.org. We encourage you, if again, it is kind of small print and that type of thing if you're trying to look at it on a little screen. So you may want to print that off ahead of time or have it on a different screen to be able to pull that up to uh, interact with. But let me give you the official call to the business meeting. It goes like this. Uh, to all who shall hear these words, greetings. Notice is hereby given that the annual meeting of the membership 
of Helen M. Randall Memorial Baptist Church will be held on May the 17th, 2020 at 1 p.m. via Zoom conference meeting for the purpose of electing elders Bill Hind and Kevin Lamb for voting on the proposed budget and for the transaction of other such business as may be brought before the church for consideration. So that is today, May the 17th, uh, via Zoom. If you have any uh, additional questions, you can email us uh, between now and then, and we'll try to get those uh, responses to you uh, quickly. Uh, we'd love to have you be a part of that uh, so that we can do this uh, uh, together. And so again, remember that you're going to need a device per person who comes on there. The meeting is at 1 o'clock. Uh, if it's your first time using a Zoom conference call, we encourage you maybe to come on around 1245. Just gives you a little bit more time to get familiarized with what's going on there. And then uh, we'll meet at 1 o'clock, and we should be able to move through things uh, fairly quickly. Uh, anything that I'm missing there, guys, that we're trying to communicate? No, I would just say for, uh, uh, for these stories, uh, uh, we just saw right here that, uh, Tony, you had mentioned that you had a, a story of something that was going on for uh, your lawn sign. Expect me to reach out to you this week. We want to tell that story. Yeah, and if absolutely. you have any other stories, if you have a story of a, a, a neighbor that's begun to interact with you because of the sign at a socially distanced uh, rate, but if you've got any stories of the way God is moving through any of our Presence Project, in the comments right now, just say, I have a story. Um, and then we'll reach out to you because we want to tell stories of how God is moving uh, in these appointed times. So just let me know in the comments yeah. and we'll reach out to you. Yeah, we want to celebrate those things together yes. as we yeah. talked about just a moment ago in the message. We mm -hmm. want to be able to celebrate those things. Pastor Mario? Uh, well, somebody just asked, what if you don't have Zoom? How can you join the meeting? Okay, so if you, if you click on that link, uh, if you're using a mobile phone or a tablet, you may need to uh, be able to open an app, have an app for that. But otherwise, if you're at a desktop, you can just go to that link on your desktop uh, and you'll be able to join us for the Zoom meeting. So there's not anything that you'll need to download uh, specifically for that. Uh, so hopefully we've answered that. Again, shoot us an email, uh, make a phone call, and we've got uh, a number of guys who are going to be kind of our tech support going into this. Basically, anyone with the last name Rich Bart uh, is going to be able to, <laughs> to help uh, during, uh, during our annual meeting here. So we look forward to being back at 1 o'clock for that. Thanks so much for being together with us today, friends. Uh, we're going to be on uh, Facebook here for a few more minutes, even after the feed goes down, just interacting with you. Uh, shoot us some questions there. We'll interact with you there. Thanks for joining us today, and uh, have a great week. Grace and peace to you. We will see you soon. God be with you.